Hello, this is Sean Kennedy. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of the American Journal of Nursing, and I'm currently attending the American Association of Nurse Practitioner Meeting in Denver, Colorado, and very pleased to be able to grab a few minutes with Susan Orsega, who is an Admiral and Chief Nurse Officer and Assistant Surgeon General of the U.S. Public Health Service. Thank you, Susan, for taking a few minutes. Uh, thank you, Sean, for having me. It's an absolute uh, delight uh, to have the opportunity to spend some time to talk with you today. Well, I wanted to, before we got into uh, get into talking about your presentation here and um, some of the thoughts that you imparted to the huge crowd, I think they have 5,200 people is what they're uh, saying, um, could you talk a little bit about your background as a nurse practitioner and what you've, you've done in that role? Sure. No, thanks. Um, so I started in as the United States in the United States Public Health Service as um, a student in the, in the a commission program um, that really provided um, that launch point for me to be in the United States Public Health Service. Um, starting in as a nurse at NIH um, and had a, a passion um, after working closely with HIV. Uh, patients and understanding the complexity um, and challenge, but yet how professionally re rewarding it was, um, coupled by um, working uh, side by side with a nurse practitioner um, in a hurricane response, um, Hurricane <coughs> Marilyn in St. Thomas. And she really uh, was a pivotal player for me um, in helping understand what that role was and, and uh, sparked my interest that led me to then apply for the Uniformed Services University of Health Sciences in Bethesda, Maryland, uh, which is um, a program that allows, um, it is exclusively for, for uniformed service officers uh, to go into those programs uh, to become a nurse practitioner. So I graduated in 2001, and subsequent to that, five months later, I, uh, my skills were immediately challenged uh, by being deployed uh, to uh, Ground Zero as part of uh, one of a 43-person elite team um, as, a, as a nurse practitioner um, in um, clinics that were, uh, actually they were converted clinics um, from storefronts that were really um, right on uh, ground zero. And you were treating the responders? I was. Um, we arrived um, uh, about seven to, to ten days after the event and we were treating uh, responders, uh, firemen, police officers, or Steel others. workers. Yes, yeah, exactly. Everybody there, uh, yeah. The individuals that were on the ground and um, it was, I, I always say, by far it was um, one of the most challenging things I'd ever done, um, but also um, one of the most rewarding things. And I um, often often would see we'd see patients uh, for physical complaints, musculoskeletal, uh, just you know, complaints, ocular uh, complaints, or even uh, respiratory illnesses. Uh, but they served those those um, patient visits served then as an opportunity for mm -hmm. us to talk to them about. Um, the mental health experiences, because mm -hmm. as you um, you can imagine, um, it was quite mm -hmm. it was just overwhelming to be in that area, and yeah. I felt a huge responsibility as a nurse practitioner. And I and I mentioned that because um, it um, became part of uh, my uh, real vernacular and approach on how I talk to patients mm -hmm. and making sure that their physical needs are just as important to be addressed as well as their mental mm -hmm. mental needs. And um, so that, uh, when 
I came back uh, from that disaster I, and actually fulfilled that requirement, as I mentioned, at USIS, I uh, was assigned to the National Institutes of Health, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, and saw uh, infectious patients with complex infectious diseases that were parts of um, clinical trials at NIH mm. in Bethesda, Maryland, in an outpatient setting. And um, really has um, formulated a, a professional interest of mine in infectious diseases. Uh, I learned as I moved through my career as a as a nurse practitioner and as a commission corps officer that I that um, it, it really um, I, I needed I wanted to, I wanted to challenge and to be a bit more uh, my role to be expanded. So. Uh, I then was afforded the opportunity in 2005 to be part of a team uh, that was a multidisciplinary team that um, worked in South Africa to help establish um, clinical research a clinical research trial. For, uh, for it was a government a to government. Yes. So <coughs> it was, um, what happened was at the height of that in, in the HIV era when. Um, in South Africa when the rates were so high at a rate of 25, 26%. And it was before PEPFAR, President's oh. Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief, um, there was a, a great need. You don't look that old. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> well, so, but um, yes, yeah, so before in, in that area, in that time period, um, clinical research trials was the opportunity to provide that gap. and. Um, being part of that team, we, we helped establish the clinical research operations for this large clinical research government-to-government -government partnership um, in South Africa with um, the, the United States H you know, Department of mm. HHS through NIH and NIAID. Um, and that um, turned out to be um, a 13-year program. Wow. And it, um, so I mention it because it, it gave me sort of these broader skill sets um, while not practicing directly as a nurse practitioner when I would come back from those visits. I've maintained um, my clinical currency as a nurse practitioner. And, mm -hmm. and that's, as you get more senior in your career, it becomes in increasingly difficult yeah. to maintain those skills. Um, but I, I credit um, what I commented during the keynote is those what to pack in your parachute leadership skills. Uh, partly um, from the experiences that I've had uh, working in global health settings, um, also the experiences I've worked in disasters. Mm -hmm. Well, the public health has a very different, <clears throat> and probably was cutting edge in, in terms of collaborative practice as we think of it, um, because, <clears throat> and correct me if I'm wrong, but it, when public health teams went out, it was whoever it was a team that could be, you know, a veterinarian, a nurse, an epidemiologist, mm -hmm. a, 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 an engineer for sanitation, so that there was all these people who were performing at the best, at the top of what they do. Mm -hmm. And so that team approach was always seemed to be so much more evident in how one approached things uh, to deliver health in a crisis situation. And uh, it seems that people suddenly said, gee, why don't we try that on a day-to-day -day basis to give health? That's a really good point <coughs> because I often take multidisciplinary teams just almost for granted. It's a common, it's a common speak, and or sort of common in my in my um, in my approach, um, where maybe it's challenging for others to um, 
make sure they have that seat presence you know, at the table for decision making. If you look at the public health service established in 1789 um, exclusively um, with the Surgeon General, it was, it was a physician specific mm. um, service. And then you fast forward to around uh, the 1940s and then it expanded to what now is 11 uh, professional categories, um, exclusively focused to meet our mission of protecting, promoting, and advancing the health and safety of the nation. And you're right, the diversity of these teams um, it becomes evident both in those public health crises and how they can be leveraged, and that nimbleness also is used in the home front in the work that we do in the mm -hmm. vulnerable populations of which we serve in in the variety of um, and myriad of assignments mm -hmm. that our officers are in. And they're finding that, um, uh, you're probably aware of the CAPABLE project that came out of John Hopkins where uh, a nurse practitioner who worked with the elderly, uh, Sarah Stanton, who was uh, became an edge runner in the academy, mm -hmm. and um, she found that the best team to go in and work with elderly to keep them in their homes as they age was a nurse an occupational therapist and a handyman. Mm -hmm. And so now they have teams and now they're modeling it in other places, but that team would go out and do the initial assessment. The handyman would see what needed to be done in terms of handrails in the bathroom mm -hmm. and things like that. So it's it's interesting that, that um, uh, I guess the question is not not how many nurses we need to do this or how many physicians we need, but who do we need that are gonna serve the patient mm -hmm. best? What does the patient need mm -hmm. that may be different right it's almost like the 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 approach now you hear team science right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you really have to have the amalgam of um, expertise both that allows um, the different th thinking um, because as you can imagine you have an engineer um, my chief engineering officer because uh, we all have uh, their chief professional officers for each of the categories and you get a chief nurse officer in the room and while we have different perspectives um, we can come around the table and be part of a solution mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, with uh, capitalizing on the different minds and I completely agree it's you know you think is that um, is that the, the the sweet spot that's going to turn the dial to mm -hmm. a healthier nation you know I don't know mm -hmm. but it's um, we have to start to think uh, more innovatively and outside the box to be able to address um, the challenges that I I think are only going to get worse mm. in in healthcare. You know, bringing healthcare outside of the clinics and the hospitals to these communities and the work that you mentioned earlier is part of that solution. Mm -hmm. Now, in within um, the public health service, um, nurse practitioners are doing what kinds of mm. things? So we, in the United States Public Health Service, um, I'm responsible for leading the, the nurse professional affairs uh, for and advising the Surgeon General uh, for um, the recruitment, retention, and uh, response efforts for nursing and its profession. And mm -hmm. while I'm um, responsible for nurses in the United States Department of Health and Human Services, there is a cadre of civilians, and then there's certainly mm -hmm. the 1,500, almost 1,500 nurse officers uh, that, that um, I lead. I like to always say um, it's almost like a pedestal. For So our public health service nurse officers are, it's, um, I say, the three Ps of public health service. So we provide clinical practice, 
as as the one, first one, and then certainly we're leading policy and programs, and um, in um, the, uh, across 800 duty stations around the world, we have officers, and particularly for nurses, um, of that almost 1,500, um, about two thirds of them are in clinical clinical sites. They may not be specific doing clinical practice, but they so they may be leading programs, but they're in clinical sites such as. Um, the Indian Health Service mm -hmm. to through our memorandums of understanding the Bureau of Prisons Immigration Customs Enforcement Health Service Corps uh, to National Institutes of Health uh, federally occupational health those are our, our clinical um, places and then certainly um, we have an expertise of, of nurse officers leading programs of policies in Health Resource Service Administration mm -hmm. in Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services in uh, FDA, um, most uh, interestingly, we ha I can't forget, we do have nurse officers through in a, um, a mem MOU or a Memorandum of Understanding with uh, the National Park Service. Oh. So we have a nurse practitioner <laughs> and nurses <clears throat> at Yosemite National Park. And so you, you sort of think, okay, well, how does that meet, meet the meet the mission, well, it's, it's right lined up. It's protecting, yeah. promoting, advancing the health and the safety of the nation. And um, That must have been a plum assignment for somebody. I, actually, <laughs> I think to myself, I would love to have that job, right? Um, but yeah, it, but I like to say, um, in many regards, our nurse officers um, are doing population health. Mm -hmm. And it's really the bread and butter of what we do. Um, because I have nurse officers who are leading uh, vaccination programs in mm -hmm. Indian Health Service. I have a nurse practitioner who, while stationed in Juneau, Alaska, gets on a prop plane, flies out, and taking care, responsible for 400 um, of Alaskan Eskimo Indians, and responsible for their, their health and their care. She flies up and spends some time with those individuals and they, they're, they're her. She is their touch point mm -hmm. in terms of, of getting care. And that is, um, for me, it's, it's, it's. It, these are population health exemplars mm -hmm. um, that mm -hmm. uh, we really have in uh, the United States Public Health mm -hmm. Service, and certainly in, the, in our nurse category. Now, now you did mention uh, that you have nurses in the um, Immigration Customs Enforcement, mm -hmm. so that leads me to a question that's in the news today about um, uh, the detention and uh, of families and children, and children been separated. How, uh, can you say something about what's happening and what nurses uh, are doing if mm -hmm. they're involved in any way in those situations? So as um, I remarked earlier, um, part of our role, right, is to be assigned to the respective agency, which I, I gave you a, a, some examples of where our nurse officers at, at work. Um, and then if there is a federally declared disaster or, um, or other uh, federally declared need, um, our officers will get deployed to those mm -hmm. specific areas, hurricane, the previous hurricanes of last right. year, Maria, Irma, um, and Harvey. And so, um, Department of Health and Human Services is playing a role in um, having officers deployed, in addition to nurse officers, other officers deployed to facilities 
in the country, Immigration Customs Enforcement. And it is it, uh, nurses and nurse practitioners are part of that mm-hmm. um, that team mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. to address uh, those needs. Because mm. yes, because that was one of the the questions is nurses and that I've talked to everyone saying, well, you you know when you have a bunch of kids and you know even at a party that some kids have special needs or some kids have asthma and, some, and people were saying, well, what's happening with these kids? And is there a nurse who or is there anyone assessing them and and looking mm-hmm. at their health needs and and then making sure they get medication if they needed that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it sounds... And it's not so... Absolutely, it's not <coughs> so um, different from if we think about um, what we do and how we c- we do it well when you think of, of the disasters the response. that we've been. Right? Because we're setting up and we're working and we're setting up national, you know, federal medical shelters and but we're working outside of that, you know, clinic or that hospital. Uh, so... Uh, we've got you know, really well-skilled, trained um, officers uh, who are able to um, meet those needs. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the the public health service does a really good job of making sure um, that they you know match match the needs with the with the mm-hmm. you know match the officers with the need. with the need. Right. So that would be um, I would gather mental health people as well as pediatric nurse practitioners and all that. Yeah, I actually don't um, have all the information of who's been, because um, mm-hmm. you can imagine it's a moving. Still, yeah. Yeah, it's it's moving every single day, so I don't have all of those specifics. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much. Is there anything you'd like to say as a as a takeaway that for nurses listening to this and and absolutely, uh, about this? Um, we are in an ever changing healthcare landscape, and we've got to start to think about doing things differently, and to do that. Uh, we have to be nimble, but yet we have to be innovative in our solutions um, because if not nursing, some other profession will make that decision for us. And we, as the largest respected profession, we have this opportunity to lean in and lean in in a way that um, can change where we are in this great nation to move us towards a healthier Mm -hmm. dial. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you. Good luck to you. Bye-bye.